covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley, here to talk uh, about a pretty solid week that the Brewers just had. They swept through Pittsburgh, and they took two out of three against Chicago. They did also have that one-off game this past uh, Monday against San Francisco, a game they lost by a 4-2 score. But overall, solid week from the Brewers, some solid performances in there as well, especially from an offensive standpoint. This has been a team that has been very inconsistent offensively through the first month or so of the year. And to see a week where three of their run outputs were 12, 11, and 9 runs, that's good to see. That indicates that maybe a little bit more consistency is starting to come around. That also helps long-term because it gives you the opportunity, uh, especially in those first two games against the Cubs over the weekend where they won the two games by a combined score of 20-2. to two. You didn't have to use Brad Boxberger. You didn't have to use Devin Williams. You didn't have to use Josh Hader. And one of the issues that we've talked about a lot with this team was playing so many close games that it felt like some of those uh, some of those high leverage guys were on the on the verge of being overused. And you certainly did not want to have that happening uh, in the first few weeks of the season. So overall, pretty good week for the Brewers coming up this week. They've got a three game series against a really bad Cincinnati team, and uh, then they will head to Atlanta for a three game set. First time they will match up against the Braves since Atlanta knocked them out of the postseason last year. Andrew Wagner from Forbes Sports and a contributor to other media outlets. He is going to join us as our featured guest on this week's show. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcast, would love for you to leave a ranking and review. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And if you need to get in contact with me, best way to do so is on Twitter. You can find me there at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We mentioned the run scoring from the Brewers. And I wouldn't say they have become a consistent offensive club yet, but we have seen the offense start to come around a little bit. We've seen them get more extra base hits. They hit, what, the nine home runs in the series against the Cubs? Those are really important numbers for a team that's still trying to find themselves offensively. We know who this team is from a pitching perspective. At least we know the the, the bare minimum. Like what Eric Lauer is doing this year is pretty incredible, and I don't think a lot of people uh, were predicting him to put up the numbers that he's putting up. But we knew, get rid of you know the individual stuff. From a, from a team perspective, we, we basically knew how good of a team they were going to be from a pitching perspective. There were, I think, going into the season, and we talked about that on, on this podcast and on Brewers Weekly and on the post-game show everywhere. We've talked about the fact that from an offensive standpoint, there's the expectation this year that some guys take a step forward, that Christian Yelich takes a step forward, that you know when Luis Urias does return, that he is able to repeat what he did last year, that Hunter Renfro can become a really big part and continue to hit some home runs and show the power that he has shown previously in his career and maybe have those power numbers even look better because he's playing half of his games at American Family Field. Rowdy Telez getting the opportunity to essentially be an everyday first baseman. Uh, what is that going to do for his offensive profile? Kind of the same thing with Keston here outside of the playing everyday thing. But what can, what can he do in what is a big year for him? There are some steps forward 
or continuation of a previous step forward that's expected for a lot of offensive players on this team. And really, for the most part, they weren't doing it up until this past week. And we started to see it come around. We saw Christian Yelich have home runs in back-to-back days, have a three-hit day. Uh, the extra base hits are coming a little bit more often now for Yelich. Some signs of things that maybe are coming around for him, but you don't know for sure because we've seen that before. We've talked about that. We've seen it before where whether it's Yelich or anybody else who's in a slump, you think they're coming out of it, and then all of a sudden something happens. Like I'm I'm really curious. I'm really, really curious to see what Yelich does against the Cincinnati Reds, a team that historically he's had pretty good numbers against, although really we can say that about almost every team in the National League. But he had he had the back-to-back home run games against the Cubs in the first two games of the series. Then the third game of the series when, admittedly, everybody struggled. Uh, the Brewers lost that game by a 2 nothing score, and overall they only collected three hits on the day. Yelich did not have one of them on Sunday, Yelich uh, finished out the game 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Does he was that 0 for 4 a step back after he had seemingly taken some big steps forward, or is that just the case that he, like everybody else, for whatever reason on on Sunday, just wasn't working for the Brewers at the plate, and they'll get it back going on Tuesday against Cincinnati, and everything's gonna kind of be where it was uh, before the Sunday game against the Cubs. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very curious to see what Yelich looks like here these uh, next few games against the Reds. By the way, sidebar on the Reds: if you look at their record. You go. How is that real? How is that real? They are three and nineteen. Three and nineteen. And when you break that down a little bit more, they opened up the season with a four-game series in Atlanta against the Braves. They split that series. They won the first game, lost games two and three, and then came back with a winning game four. So they have only won one game, one game since their first series of the year. That was a win that they picked up in the final game in a series against the Cardinals. Outside of that, it's loss after loss after loss. They just got swept by the Rockies. Before that, they got swept by the Padres. That Cardinals series where they lost two or three, that followed another Padres series. They got swept by the Dodgers. They got swept in a two-game series by Cleveland. I mean, this is, this is uh, remarkable in a very bad way how bad the Cincinnati Reds are and oh yeah, by the way, one of their best players, second baseman Jonathan India, he ends up on the injured list for the second time this year. The 3-19 and record, by the way, sets the franchise mark for their worst start to the season. So the Brewers can maybe help them set a little bit of history, make some history, uh, if they can have some success against them coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at American Family Field. 3-19. and that, That's hard. It is hard to go 3-19, and 19. but that is what we are seeing here at the moment from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, from Brewer's standpoint, look, they, they're coming around offensively. Uh, this is not an original thought by me, but it's a true thought. All they got to do is be a middle-of-the-pack team from an offensive standpoint, and they are a legit World Series contender. I, they don't need any offense, essentially, to probably be a playoff team, maybe even win the division, certainly be a playoff team. I, I think the Cardinals are a good team, uh, especially from an offensive standpoint. But this Brewers team, 
their pitching can carry them to the playoffs, especially with an expanded postseason. But it's not just about that. It's a it, not not that you sneeze at an opportunity to win the division, not that you sneeze at the opportunity to be in the postseason. Those are accomplishments, and they are important. And I think doing those things in baseball is more important and more impressive than other sports because of the 162-game gauntlet that you have to go through. It's We see teams stick around in the playoff race for the first two, three months of the season all the time. But as you get into the dog days, that's when it's not just about having talented players. It's about being able to survive. There is a survival aspect to the baseball season. So there is still an accomplishment to to being a postseason team. It's an accomplishment to win the division. But for the Brewers, with the pitching that they have and the competitive window that they are in right now, it's more than that this year. And I think this is the first time I've felt that way. When you go back through uh, the Brewers' playoff runs here over the last few years, every year, we could go back to the tapes and listen, Every year I've, I've talked about the accomplishment of being a postseason club. Even last year I felt that way, and, and I'm not backing off of that. And if they do make the postseason this year and they have a short stay in the playoffs, I'll still talk about the accomplishment of being a playoff team because that is something to be proud of. But it's a lot this year. I think that is not worth as much as it has been worth in other years. And where you find the value in this season is what they can do in the playoffs, assuming that they do make it. And there's a lot of baseball to be played, and a lot of things can happen between now and then. But what you actually do once you get into the playoffs, winning a series, winning multiple series, getting to the NLCS, winning the NLCS, getting to the World Series, all those things. thats To me, that's what this season is about, making a really legitimate, deep playoff run. Uh, but we are quite some time away until we are going to be talking about that more and more and more. All right, as mentioned uh, this week, our featured guest, he is a contributor at Forbes Sports. You can read him other places. He was covering the game on Sunday for the Associated Press. You never you never know where you are going to see his uh, byline. We're very happy to uh, welcome on. He just got done, by the way. He got done with a uh, late evening workout. We are recording this uh, late on Sunday night. He uh, got done working out, and now he's uh, he's talking to us. We're very happy to be able to welcome back onto the podcast. He is Andrew Wagner. Follow him on Twitter at ByAndrewWagner. Andrew, thanks so much for the time. How are you? For 75 bucks, I will come sit in someone's living room and make the same 50 hilarious comments that I make on Twitter and in the press box during a game. So, folks, you know, that's also available if you want your own personal coverage of games. Wow, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That's that's where our world has gone to. Like, if you want, if you want somebody to come, like – shoot video and do play-by-play of your seventh grade YMCA basketball game, there's like nine million people out there like, oh, yeah, I'll come do that for 50 bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the world uh, we live in. Uh, what do you make? Uh, th- so this Brewers team has a really good record. Uh, their offense has been in- inconsistent, but the first two games of the Cubs series was really good uh, until it was not so good in the final game of the series. It's still really early. We're just under a month into the season. From a from a large standpoint, what's kind of your takeaway on what we're seeing right now from this team? 
Uh, they're a good team. I, I think that's the best way to put it. They're they're not playing to their full strength yet, and, and we've, we've seen how good now this team can be when, when they're swinging the bats well. Uh, we know how good the pitching is. Um, they're a good team, and they're probably the best team in the NL Central Division. Does that mean anything in the grand scheme of things? No, because you still have to play all 162. But, you know, I, I thought our colleague Adam McKelvey had the tweet of the year on Saturday night when he, you know, pointed out he has received everybody's complaints on Twitter about how bad the Milwaukee Brewers are this season. Oh, by the way, their April record is the third best in franchise history. So, you know, say what you want, complain about what you want, but, you know, they're in first place by, you know, two, three games, and, and you know, it's off to the races. Yeah, it's been a challenge for me on the postgame show because up until probably this past week or so, I feel like the tone has been more negative than positive, and maybe I'm doing a bad job on that because the team has been winning games. But at the same time, here, here's where I'll kind of circle back on that. And again, it's the first, I don't think you can take anything away from the first two months of the season. It's Nothing means anything in the, until you hit June 1st, as far as I'm concerned. But that being said, this team... It's not a. I mean, you want to see them win the NL Central. You want to see them get to the playoffs. But to me, it's finally. I'm finally at that point with this team that I'm holding them to a higher standard. It's not just about winning the division. It's about winning the division and going on some sort of deep playoff run. I don't know if that just means getting to the uh, the NLCS, winning the NLCS, winning the World Series. I don't know what the definition of that is right now. But it seems like this is the year where just making the playoffs or winning the division isn't quite enough. No, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right, and, and there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Winning the division is not enough. No way. You, you have not – you go to the playoffs X amount of seasons in a row. Um, the way things went down last year, it's time to start making a run. That said, you can't really do anything about that in, in April or May. You know, it, it's good. It's okay to say it right now, but you really can't do anything about it. So – you focus on the task at hand, um, knowing that you're not going to win all 162 games, which obviously they're not going to. But the thing that you, that you can do is try to win every single series, and the Brewers have done that so far, with the exception of the season opener. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they definitely have higher expectations. They definitely have a higher standard to be held to this year. But it's May 1 as we record this. You know, all you can focus on right now is putting together as many wins as possible heading into that postseason uh, when you start to make your run. Okay, so they have had a ton of success against the Pirates. The Pirates aren't very good. Uh, they scored all those runs against the Cubs. The Cubs are not very good. They've got a series against the Reds coming up. You look at the the teams that are good teams that they've played this year. They had the one series uh, against St. Louis. Uh, they had the one game against San Francisco, but they haven't played a lot of really good teams. I guess the Phillies are, are not a bad team, but you get you get where I'm going. How much uh, impact does who they've played have on what their record is? You know, I've seen people complaining about this. It's like, well, what the, what the hell do you want them to do? You know, they can't petition MLB and say, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, the Pirates are on the schedule twice in April. Uh, please give us 10 games with the you know LA Dodgers and five games with the Mets and whomever. You play who's on the schedule. Um, and the, the reason these games matter right now against these teams who aren't that great, the more victories you pile up against those teams, the bigger cushion you have if you struggle during the regular season against the better teams, 
and then it's all bets off when you when you meet those, those same teams in the playoffs again. You know, it, it's you got to keep your eye on the big picture, and, and, and sometimes it's I know it's shocking, it's hard to do on Twitter, but you know, there's there's a method to the madness, and you can't control who you play. You play who's on the schedule on any given night. And be that as it may. And let me play devil's advocate on that question as well, because we the Pirates have a pretty good record in games not played against the Brewers. We just saw the Cardinals lose a weekend series against the Diamondbacks. Yes, it might be easier to win games against bad teams, but it's not easy. Uh, they're all still major league teams. Like It's not easy to win a big league game on any given night. No, and you've seen that. I mean, look at the Cubs took two or three from Milwaukee to start the season. The Cubs came out today. I mean, the bad teams have good players. It's just how it works. They may not have the best team overall, but bad teams still have good players. And all you need, I mean, look at John Means. And before he obviously he got hurt, you know, he's playing on the absolute worst team in baseball uh, in the Orioles. But the guy threw no hitters. The guy's won some big games. He was having a lot of success. So, you know, it's all part of the whole. 162 games thing, and people get sick of hearing it, and I think it's a, an excuse. You know, this I understand Wisconsin is just like a Packers blinded state, but there are only 17 games in the NFL season. There are 162 in a baseball season. It's a completely different animal. Yeah, no, it it absolutely is. The pitching has been unreal. Corbin Burns has been as almost as good as he was last year. Eric Lauer has been incredible. Adrian Hauser has been so good. Aaron Ashby, uh, his last start was so good. Really, if, if you want to look at the rotation, Freddie Peralta's had some good starts. He's also had a, a hiccup here or there. Brandon Woodruff probably hasn't had the consistency quite yet that he's wanting to look for. But when we're talking about the, those first guys I mentioned with Burns and Lauer and Hauser, and then you fill in the other guys who we know how good they are, this is, this is ridiculous, the amount of talent they have right now and the performances they're getting out of their starting pitching. Oh, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. It is, it is an embarrassment of riches in terms of pitching. And, you know, you you pointed out the name that is most impressive to me. Uh, you know, we knew we knew Corbin Burns was going to be good this year, obviously. We knew that Brandon Woodruff was going to be steady this year. We knew that Freddie Peralta was going to be good this year. We knew that Hauser and, and, and Lauer were good but young. I don't think anyone expected to see this dominant Eric Lauer that we're seeing right now, especially in his last two outings with 10 strikeouts. But then you look at his numbers going back to last June, and the guy's just been doing this every time he takes the ball and goes out in the mouth. He's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball going back to you know his last 18, 19 starts in the last season. And it's just insane how good this kid is. And he's still very young and still has a long ways to go to get better. Yeah, you know, it's Craig Council after uh, Lauer's last start made the point that the, he was getting swings and misses on his fastball, which is not a swing and miss pitch. And when when a guy can when a hitter can be basically sitting fastball and still swing and miss on a fastball, that's a different level of pitching that there's not that many guys out there that can actually, you know, pull that off. No, they're not. It, it's 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 just I don't even know how to describe it. You know, what we're seeing, you know, if you're a lifelong Brewers fan, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, you know, you have been through some pretty rough years uh, of pitching and a lot of just prospects that turned to colossal busts. And, and to have this group, you know, this is, this is how you win in the postseason. This is how you make those deep runs. Uh, obviously, the Brewers proved last year that you need offense to back up those pitching performances. 
but this is how you make a run. When you have pitcher after pitcher after pitcher who can go out there and pound the strike zone for six, seven innings uh, and keep the runs to a minimum uh, and just do it night after night, that's and that's what they're getting. Christian Yelich had the couple home runs in, in back-to-back games, and I think he had a four-game hitting streak before Sunday's game uh, against the Cubs. There have been moments, there have been better moments, but it's still not all there. Now, a lot of guys didn't hit on Sunday when they had just a few hits against Stroman, so maybe it's not fair to, to judge him or anybody on what happened in Sunday's game. Uh, but as as good as he has looked at times, it also at times feels like he's still searching for some, maybe not the 2018 to 2019 version. That may not be something you ever see again, but obviously an all-star version of himself. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's early, you know. It's still it's one month. Um, obviously, it, it sounds like an excuse, but it is. It's one month. It's, it's a baseball season, and, and we're going to say it again. There's 162 games. I, I I don't know what a realistic expectation is for Christian Yelich, and this is something that I've repeated multiple times. You know, is is it fair to expect? the second half 2018, first half 2019 version of Christian Yelich every time he steps in the batter's box? Um, I, I don't think so. It's also, I think, unfair to say that he is defined by who he's been over the last two years um, and all that weirdness. Somewhere in the middle, like you said, doesn't have to be an MVP, but all-star caliber, and I think it's in there. And I, I still think you're seeing it. He's still impacting games. Um, you're seeing the bat heat up. You're seeing better contact. You know, time will tell. Time will tell what you're going to get with Christian Yelich. But you know, I, I still don't. I still don't think that it, it's time to, to give up and panic and say that it was a complete colossal bust. It feels like Craig Council's in a tough spot right now in center field in the sense that Tyrone Taylor may give you a little bit more at the moment. But you also know what Lorenzo Cain can give you, uh, and you want to see if he still has it, so you give him opportunities to play. It's it's not a total timeshare. It seems like Locaine's getting a little bit more playing time, but there's some fans out there who want to see more more Tyrone Taylor. Do you think the situation's being handled appropriately right now? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with matchups. Uh, the Brewers, through the first couple of weeks, were getting kind of consistent back and forth between right-handed and left-handed starters in terms of opponents. So it kind of worked out that way. Uh, and Craig was able to kind of manage guys in and out of the lineup. As for, for Tyrone and, and Lowe, you know, Lowe is a huge part of this team. You know, that he, he does things on defense um, that, that change games. And just as mere presence can change games. He's their guy. They're going to keep him in there as much as they can, as much as makes sense for him. But they're also going to give, you know, Taylor at playing time, as they can, and he's going to get moved over. He's going to play center some days. He's going to play elsewhere. This is what they do. Uh, people complain about it on Twitter all they want, but if you haven't been paying attention by now to how they do things, I don't know what to tell you. Tyrone Taylor is going to play a lot. He might not be the everyday starter at center field for the time being, but he's going to be in there very often. Luis Urias is going to get back at some point in the relatively near future. We all saw what he did last year, but also that that was something new. He doesn't have a track record of being who he was last season. Um, what what are your expectations for him once he does return? I don't know. You know, it, it, I, I didn't get to see him. Well, no one really got to see him in spring training because he only played one game, um, and I wasn't there, so well, I really didn't get to see any of them. Uh, I, I think you saw 
a very consistent offensive player last year. Maybe not flashy, maybe not putting up gaudy numbers, but put together good at-bats more often than not is exactly what you're expecting out of a guy who's still trying to figure himself out as an everyday major leaguer. I think the trade for Willie, which forced Louie into that new role, actually kind of helped him in a way because it obviously gave him a friend and gave him a little bit of stability um, and took a little pressure off him. Um, I, I think he's a good player, and I, I think he's still a little ways away from really unlocking that whole potential. Um, and I think the Brewers know that, and, and they also feel like they have enough established, consistent guys around him to let him go through his growing pains while still contributing at the big league level. From a divisional standpoint, mentioned earlier about the Cardinals, and they, they're a really good offensive club. Their pitching, obviously, is nowhere as good as the Brewers. The Pirates are, are not very good. I actually think the Pirates might be a little bit better than we thought they were when the season got started, but that doesn't mean they're a good team. The Reds might challenge in being one of the worst teams in the history of baseball if they continue on the trajectory that they're at right now. But then you have the Cubs, and we just saw the Cubs this weekend. In that first weekend of the year, it felt like the Cubs played well, had a really good approach at the plate. This weekend, it felt a little bit different, especially in those first two games. How do you kind of assess the NL Central, especially with where maybe the Cubs fill in? That, where, where, are they a team that can be in the neighborhood of a playoff spot because of the expanded playoff, or are they just not a very good club? I mean, I think they could be in the neighborhood. The expanded playoffs are going to change things. We don't know how yet, but we're, we're going to see some teams making the playoff field, or at least in the mix for a playoff spot that, you know, don't seem like they deserve it. That's just how it goes. Um, I, I don't know what to make of them yet because, again, just like we don't know what to make of the Brewers one month in, it's hard to, to make sense of anybody else. Um, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself in a broken record here. I apologize. But, you know, my old adage is there are, are certain teams that you know aren't going to win the division, but those very same teams will determine who does win the division because if you don't bring your A game, and we, we've seen this against the Pirates in years past, you know, they, they've at times had the Brewers' number, um, and, and they can play a big role in determining who ends up winning a very close NL Central race. Same thing with the Reds. You don't play well against them. That could be the difference between being one game off at the end of the season or two games back. He is uh, Andrew Wagner. Follow him on Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. Read him in Forbes Sports. Read him occasionally in other places, including uh, the Associated Press. And uh, he'll come live tweet your life if you just want him to do it, and we'll uh, throw a few bucks his way as well. Andrew, always appreciate the time. Uh, tell folks about all the everything you're doing, especially over at Forbes Sports. Uh, just did an April month in review. Uh, that just hit the, uh, hit the site on Sunday morning. Actually, I have a little buck stuff over there and working on a piece on Eric Lauer. So uh, check it out. I'll have everything out there on Twitter. All right. Great stuff. Thanks as always. Thanks, Matt. That's Andrew Wagner joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to do it for uh, this week's program. The schedule this week for the Brewers, three more home games, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against Cincinnati after an off day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The games will get started at 640 Thursday. The game is a 1240 first pitch at American Family Field. And then they will head to Atlanta for a weekend series against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year year a reminder for you if you can't find the brewers game on wtmj because the bucks are on wtmj just switch on over to the fm dial and 94.5 espn 
and that's where you'll be able to find the Brewers, including our post-game show, Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, the other thing to mention on that, if you are out of the area and want to listen to the post-game show, you can always do so by streaming it at WTMJ.com. The stream goes live after the network portion of the broadcast comes to an end, and that's when you're able to hear it, the post-game show. My appreciation to Andrew Wagner for joining us. Thanks to you for being tuned in. We'll talk again soon with another edition of Brewers Extra News, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.